appreciate everybody being here today. Obviously, signing day, and we signed our class in uh, in December, uh, but kind of formally celebrated them this morning, and we'll celebrate them again tonight. Uh, I don't know if y'all saw the big setup out here uh, with with the barbecue. That's that's become a fun event, and uh, you know it's always exciting and it's a blessing when a, when a bunch of uh, young men choose to come to Clemson. They choose to come be a part of our program. Um, Every single signing class that, that I have had has won a championship. Uh, most have won multiple. And, um, you know, I don't have any doubt that this group's going to keep that tradition going. And uh, on paper, uh, it'll say that this is a top ten recruiting class. And, uh, you know, this is our 13th, I think, top 15 recruiting class in a row, you know, for whatever, whatever that means. Um, but uh, we signed 27 signees. And, uh, you know, 13 on offense, 14 on defense, really 13 and 13. One of them will be a, a guy we'll, we'll, we'll cross-train both sides. Uh, 15 mid-years. And, uh, you know, so incredible to have that amount of guys in here, a couple preferred walk-ons on top of that group. Uh, but most importantly, we got seven starters that are coming back for a COVID year, a fifth and sixth year of Clemson football. And uh, so that, that was a little bit – unusual uh seven guys that i really planned to be gone uh that all chose to stay and uh so uh really really excited about uh that group but this class i think we have all of our needs uh starting in the trenches we got some some big nasties on both sides of the line of scrimmage uh you know thomas crushed it in the ol and and ski and nick did a great job you know with those defensive linemen uh, incredible group of of uh of players, uh, and then we've got another really good, talented young quarterback uh, that I think has a bright future ahead, and another veteran guy to kind of come in and shore the room up, and a bunch of skill. Uh, you know, guys that can run, cover, catch, uh, running backs, tight ends, DBs, uh, and two really, really, uh, you know, good linebackers that we're excited about. So it's a complete class. Uh, we got an excellent team coming back, especially again with those. Those seven uh, COVID guys that, that that are you know taking an extra year. Uh, so with these guys, it's going to be a great addition. And with the 15 mid years that are already here, it should be a, a pretty salty spring and uh, be a lot of fun out there. A lot of competition uh, going on. So excited to get started uh, with this team. March March 6. Uh, we'll get back on the field with them next week from an off season standpoint. And then March 6 will be our first spring ball practice. And then April 15th will be the uh, uh, the spring game. But, you know, guys have been training. Uh, we've got a lot to do. You know, we'll take a few days to catch our breath, and then we're going to dive right in as coaches as far as our meetings and, and what we got to get done in the month of February. Got a lot of work to do uh, to get ready for spring, to get everybody on the same page, et cetera. And then, uh, obviously, we'll have our, our all-in drills as well. So. Um, uh, so that's really kind of what today's all about. And, and again, just kind of formally celebrating the class and then an opportunity, really haven't had an opportunity to formally uh, introduce Garrett. Um, you know, we literally have, from the time, uh, you know, uh, he got here, we've been on the road. Uh, we've either been here recruiting, uh, you know, doing some type of function, or we've been on the road for the last couple of weeks and, and really been all over the place. Uh, so it's been it's been a busy, busy time for everyone, and uh, so I'm excited to be able to kind of formally introduce him and his family. But before I do that, I, I want to 
again, and I know we've put a statement out and all that stuff, but really just publicly be able to, to thank Brandon Streeter. Um, you know, uh, those of you that work in, in the media here, I think y'all can all agree. I mean, he, he's a first-class person and, uh, and a beautiful family. Uh, you know, Brandon Streeter and Ashley have represented Clemson in, in an – they're Clemson people. You know, we give an award in Brandon's honor, and we continue to do that. I mean, he is a true Clemson man, and he did a fantastic job, a fantastic job for the Clemson Tigers um, and uh, worked tirelessly to make us better, and he made us better. You know, from the time he got here in 2014, his first bowl game. But, you know, he coached Deshaun for two years. Uh, he recruited Trevor Lawrence um, and uh, coached him for three years to the first pick in the draft. He recruited, you know, Cade and CV and – and DJ and and uh, you know when when uh, uh, you know we had a change last year with Tony going to Virginia, he absolutely deserved and earned the opportunity to lead the offense, and uh, he did a great job. I mean, he worked tirelessly. Uh, we got better in really every area. Uh, honestly, we got better. Uh, but you know, I just felt like that uh, it was the right time, and you know, we weren't quite where we needed to be. And uh, so these are hard decisions. Uh, especially when you love the people that are involved. And I absolutely love Brandon Streeter and Ashley and Chamberlain and Ford and Maymo. I mean, these are these they're family to me and always will be. And Brandon Streeter will, will land on his feet. He'll we made a change with Billy Napier. I think he turned out okay. He's the head coach at Florida. Uh, you know, we've had some changes over the years, and you know, this is my sixth offensive coordinator. And when we've had changes, guys have, have moved on to be head coaches and different things. And Brandon Streeter's got a great, great future ahead. Um, but, you know, as I evaluate kind of where we are, and, and, uh, and I felt like this was the right time. And uh, with a new quarterback kind of coming in, uh, taking the reins, and, uh, and then the right opportunity to, to hire uh, Garrett. So super excited about that. And again, uh, you know, uh, very, very thankful for Brandon Streeter, and hopefully the Clemson fans will really uh, appreciate all that he did for this this program. Um, and with that, man, it's exciting to be able to welcome uh, Garrett and Lindsey. Uh, got two precious boys in, in uh, Gibby, Gibson and Grayson. Uh, won't take you long to, to catch these two rugrats running around all over the place, but this is a beautiful family. Um, you know, uh, just uh, a football family. I've known Lincoln quite a while, but I've never – Never, never met Garrett. Um, obviously, know his pedigree and, and his background and all that stuff. But um, you know, this was something that kind of happened um, in short order. And the best part about it is nobody knew about it till needed to know about it. And I think that says a lot about the people involved and um, and especially Garrett. So uh, we're really, really excited. Again, um, just very impressed with what he did at SMU. And taking the reins there, and uh, and then to walk into TCU, and I really, they really basically had the same guys back, and they went from five wins to, you know, playing in the national championship. Uh, so, uh, you know, first time I ever talked to him was was uh, Tuesday after the national championship game. You know, I talked to Lincoln a couple times, um, and then um, I was at the AFCA coaches uh, head coaches meeting, and and you know we we connected. Uh, Briefly, and then when he got back from the national championship, we got a chance to really get on the phone Tuesday night for I don't know hour and a half, a couple hours, whatever it was, and then into Wednesday, and and uh, next thing you know, here we go. So uh, great fit for us. I think that he is 
you know, one of the bright offensive minds in the game. I think he's a great fit for Clemson. He's a great fit for uh, me. He's a great fit for our personnel. Uh, you know, philosophy-wise, we really match up. I mean, you know, we, we, we he's – People sometimes he gets labeled as air raid because that's kind of his background. But uh, you know, if you study him, they've run the football. Uh, you know, sometimes when you think about air raid, you think about not running the ball. <laughs> and they they had 1,400 plus yard rusher last year, and they've done a great job in, in running the ball. Um, but I have no doubt he's gonna he's gonna uh, make us better offensively, and and uh, I think we can help him. You know, grow and, and and continue to mature and get better as well as he navigates his career. So it's a great fit and a great opportunity, and again, great timing uh, to bring him on board. And uh, so, you know, with that, um, we'll uh, open it up. And, and uh, I don't know if Garrett wants to have an opening comment here, and then we'll take some questions from you guys. Coach, would you like to go straight to questions? Yeah, we just go straight to, straight to it. There you go. <laughs> right, if we can, if you all can identify your name and affiliation prior to asking questions, so Coach Riley can begin to relationship with you all, that'd be great. Anybody like to lose us all? Coach. Coach, this is David Hutt. I work with TigerNet here at Clemson. Uh, how much were you aware of the Clemson program before Coach Sweetie contacted you about this? I'm sure you'd followed them. But then when this opportunity came along, what, what went through your mind? Yeah, I did, did not have a ton of background or a whole lot of knowledge of of Clemson and, and just kind of how Coach Sweeney operates, you know. I mean, Tried to tried to investigate a little bit as much as I could um, with people that I know that know coach a lot better than I do, and so that was important just all as all this unfolded um, to try and gauge that a little bit. But it's just been, man, it's, it's been awesome since we started. I mean, it's, we hit the ground running, like you said, recruiting and getting to travel with the other coaches and getting to know them. I didn't know any of these guys. Um, had heard of a lot of these assistants here at Clemson. But it's been awesome to really actually get around them. Um, you know, so, yeah, I didn't know a ton about it coming into it other than just following kind of his path and his career and what he's done here. Um, you know, so that's that's been very, very neat for me to kind of just see that, not coming in blindly, but just coming in, not truly, truly knowing until you get here. Coach Rock. Garrett, Pete Yacobelli from the Associated Press here in South Carolina. Can you have you had time to even reflect on what last year was? Because watching it from afar, it seemed like such an incredible experience to be to to do what TCU was able to do. It's been hard to, you know. I mean, on some of these plane rides, I guess I've had a little chance to sit there and reflect. But yeah, it's been such a whirlwind for for us, for TCU, for my family um, individually. So I haven't had a ton of time. I, I know that will come. It was, it was a great run. It was a great ride. It was one of the funnest years I've ever had as a coach. Uh, was able to be around just a lot of great players and great people, you know. And, and uh, you know, here at Clemson, that's that was part of the draw, too, is to, to be around just unbelievable people. But, no, I haven't had a, a ton of time just to sit back and reflect on it uh, too much. Coach Riley, uh, Trevor Gross from CUTigers.com. Welcome. Um, I guess uh, – Coach Sweeney just mentioned coming from the air raid system. Um, you played under uh, Coach Leach. I'm, I'm sure you're still dealing with the loss of him, but um, just how, how much of an influence did he have on you and, and your decision to become a coach? And, and what did you learn from him? And also, your brother, Coach, while you played there at uh, Texas Tech, and then you followed him to East Carolina. How much of a, of a mold did he have on you? And, and uh, 
how do you kind of try to put your own stamp on on your offense compared to your brothers? Yeah, I mean, I guess the first part of your question is is Coach Leach is probably the whole reason why I wanted to coach. You know, I mean, I was just I was very lucky to be at Texas Tech at that point in time. Um, said it before, it was just a period of time where he was very cutting edge with what they were doing and kind of the run they went on at Texas Tech. But I, I think just more than anything, the way that he was an out-of-the-box thinker and did things his way, you know, was, was very appealing to me to kind of see a different style, I guess, you know, a little bit different than the norm. And that's what piqued my interest there as a, as a college student, as a young quarterback. But, yeah, I mean, his, his impact is, as we all know, has certainly touched the game in a lot of ways. Um, and then moving along to your second part of the question with, with Leakin. Yeah, I mean, all these stops. I mean, every stop I've been on, uh, you try and take away pieces from, from those experiences, right? And I certainly did in the two years that I was with him at, at East Carolina where we were there together and did some nice things under Coach McNeil, who's been a huge mentor for me. Um, you know, so yeah, I mean, specifically with them, of course, I've taken some pieces away from, uh, from that experience, but I certainly have from all the other coaches that I've been around too. Larry Williams with TigerIllustrate.com. Uh, can you elaborate on the running game and sort of the evolution of that and what Dabo was saying? It's not your sort of the air raid that, that Coach Leach uh, brought in and sort of the foundation of that and, and the evolution of it and, and from your perspective and the importance you placed on not just the <laughs> conventional running game but also the quarterback's legs and making that a threat as well. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I guess uh, when we went to East Carolina, that's just what we kind of started to develop. And that's as a young coach, as a GA, was exposed to that and kind of what we were trying to accomplish there. And we just knew you better run the football if you really want to win championships, you know, and if you really want to contend for them consistently, you better have the ability to do it. And so started to kind of develop that part of, of our offense at East Carolina. And, you know, I think for me professionally, a huge year. Um, and my coaching career so far had been at App State, you know, a place that is known for running the ball and was a totally different background than, than mine. And that was great for me professionally to be around those guys that had done it so well for so long now. And, you know, we've certainly been able to, to apply that to, to my philosophy and our philosophy from the run game standpoint. So, yeah, I mean, you look at, at us at TCU, you know, a year ago, that was something we did pretty well and was certainly a huge reason of, of why we had some success there offensively. Well, Fox Carolina. Um, hi, Garrett. You probably, I'm assuming, had a couple of options. You obviously award-winning performance as a coordinator at TCU, making it to the national championship. Why Clemson? You said it wasn't like a program you were aspiring to, that you would you know, worshipped Dabo in any way previously. Well, what was it? I mean that in the kindest way, Dabo. Um, <laughs> what, what was it? Why Clemson? What, what attracted you and made this the spot to take you from, you know, staying at TCU, let alone going anywhere else? Right. I just think the simple answer is just kind of the total package of, of what could get me away, you know, is, listen, I was very happy there. We had just gotten there. It was year one. Unbelievable ride, unbelievable season. You know, my family, my wife's family is all from Texas. Just all these connections, people we had worked with, loved our colleagues there, loved our players. But it, it had to be something special like this. And I think it's, you know, it's, it's the consistency here. It's, it's the stability. It's the, you know, the, the balance of life and enjoying it and being happy and being in a small community like this that is very tight-knit. Um, 
you know, and then plays the caliber of football that that we expect Clemson to be playing. So I think just it had to be something that was going to check the box there in all areas. Um, people that know me know, you know, I'm a very thoughtful person, and uh, you know, I'm going to think through things, um, hopefully from all angles. So. Yeah, I mean, it just the more and more we kind of learned about it, and the more we talked, and the the more this just made sense. Clemson, all Clemson. Just wanted to get your thoughts on Cade, and, and, and just I know you recruited them out of high school. Now, what your thoughts now? What you've seen on them on tape, and what you can do maybe next year with them? Yeah, I think he's I think he's is the full package. You know, I've known of Cade and known Cade for for probably about three years now. Um, you know, recruited him while he was a young pup there at Austin Westlake and the great career he had at high school level. But, yeah, I think, listen, he's he's very skilled. He's very talented. But I just think between the years, the way he carries himself, you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to see that, you know, that's kind of the magic with Cade Klubnik, you know. And so I'm very eager and anxious to get to work with him. You know, we've just got off the road and hadn't been able to do a lot with him or see him too much. But I know... I know that kid's foaming at the mouth, just like the rest of our players. And, and trust me, we as coaches are ready to get going with them, too. Garrett, Matt Conley with all three. I think you said this morning that this offense will be a lot different than the TCU offense, really somewhat different. Just how do you kind of leave in adapting to personnel and kind of doing what fits them? Yeah, to, to me, that's the whole deal. You know, I mean, listen, I'm not a coach that has a ton of pride in certain plays, and we're going to run this just because I love it. I mean, we're, we're going to figure out what our guys can do. and what we feel like is going to make us the best offense possible, okay, to, to position our team, you know, to win win games. And that, that's my job and that's our job. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be totally adaptive to, you know, what we have, what we can handle, and what we feel like is going to give us the best chance to win. That's it. Yeah, if I could ask you a question, um, Anna, with Clemson 24-7. I think this morning you said plays are plays, but how you get into them can be different. Just can you elaborate on that? And yeah, um, I don't remember what the, somebody was asking me. Quite, talking about, you know, offense. You know, I mean, obviously we there's a lot of collaboration. You know, we we, we got a lot of had a lot of success here for for a long time, and there's a lot of good coaches in the room, and, and so you got to get on the same page. I mean, four verticals is four verticals is what I was meaning. You know, inside zone is inside zone. You know, the counter is the counter, the power is the power, slants are slants. You know, digs are digs, curls are curls, screens are screens. Uh, but how you get to those things, how you procedurally do certain things, cadence, formationing, motions, uh, just verbiage, you know, there, there, there's a lot that goes into, you know, we can get on the same page quick as football people uh, because we know, oh, okay, that's the power. You know, we know that's the zone. We know that that is a counter. We know that this is a uh, uh, drive concept, a mesh concept, a, uh, you know, bang eight. We, we know these things as football people, but everybody calls things differently. So we've got to collaborate, get on the same page uh, so that we can, you know, uh, shorten the learning curve for everybody involved. Uh, we all have, uh, you know, backgrounds in offense. So, um, you know, starts with Garrett, though, being comfortable with, you know, what what he wants to keep, what he wants to change. You know, there's going to be certain things that, that he's going to he's going to learn here that's going to help him. And obviously, um, he's going to bring a whole fresh um, um, you know way of doing certain things. Where and, and to again procedurally to get to some of the things that we've done for a long time. Uh, again, football is football. If you if you break it all down, you'll see a lot of similarities. To be honest with you, but. 
how you do those things and maybe how you game plan those things, how you install those things, how you practice those things, uh, uh, again, your, how you drill those things, your, your cadence, et cetera, et cetera. Those things, those things is where you really got to get on the same page and, and collaborate so that you're all, um, you know, together there. So uh, that'll be his big task coming up over the next month of February and, and really studying, uh, you know, and then you got to learn the personnel too. Uh, as he said, I mean, you got to, I mean, we got a really good roster, a very talented roster. And, and, you know, there's been some years where they probably had no tight ends, like, right. And we obviously got some pretty elite dudes there. So um, it's, it's using your personnel and, and, uh, you know, putting it all together from a, from a staff standpoint. So uh, that'll be, that'll be fun though. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, be a lot of fun to, to, you know, uh, learn different things, have a different approach. Again, uh, that's that's what I meant by you know, it's it's not like it's not like we're you know going to the triple option here. Uh, it's this it's again, we, we all have the same components within the within offense, but um, you know, collaborating and getting on the same page will be the fun part. Hello, from, from Rivals, Tyler Illustrated. What for these? Two three weeks. What has recruiting been like for you, especially when some of the guys you're bringing in are more familiar with the facilities than you probably are? Yeah, every time we uh, we go on a tour or do anything like that in this building or meet somebody new, I'm right there with them because I told the recruits better not ask me where something is. Uh, I'm learning this as we go too, but no, I mean just the the amount of people, the amount of staff, the amount of people just around campus that have man just been awesome, you know, and just so welcoming and. Not just for me, but some of these recruits as we've had visits and had a junior day the other day and just the amount of people that truly touch this program, it's it's pretty amazing, you know, and it's people that are that are genuine about what they do. You know, I mean it like I said, it doesn't take long to to recognize that. Coach Riley, Amanda Pool with Lodge Fox out of Columbia. When you have such success at TCU in just a matter of one year, how do you kinda of handle that pressure that Clemson fans might be putting on you to have that same success in just one year here? There's always pressure. I mean, that's just kind of how I look at it. That's that's the job we all signed up for as, as coaches this day and age, and certainly at this level. But yeah, I mean, pressure's pressure. We know it's going to be there. Try not to put any more on yourself. But yeah, I mean, the expectations um, I think you put on yourself are always probably a little higher than than your fan base. That's just how how we're wired as coaches. Coach Riley, uh, Grayson, just to jump off of Dabo's comment on the tight ends with that elite group. Now with Bringstool being the leading man for that position, what kind of advantages can that present in the passing game, especially for your offense? Yeah, I mean, we, we've I've had I've been lucky to to be successful in the last several years, really, with with tight ends, and I think it's going to be kind of a similar situation that way. Is those guys are mismatch problems, right? I mean, they there are problems defensively, and you know if you can do a lot of things with those guys out of that personnel grouping, then. It's just it really opens up what you can do from a tempo standpoint and not having to sub all the time and things of that nature that you can get in and out of pretty easily. So, yeah, I mean, I think those guys are going to be a, uh, you know, be a big part of what we do for sure in the, in the passing game and the run game. And and we're, we're certainly going to be excited to, to utilize them. Good, Sweeney, I know you've always got your plan. At what point did you kind of say to yourself, OK, I, I need to make a change here? And then at what point in the past did you ever say, okay, Garrett Riley's the guy that if I ever have an open, I'm going to give him a call? At what point did you kind of first say? 
Yeah. He's going to have my contacts. Yeah, I, honestly, man, I, I'm so focused during the season. Um, you know, I, I, I'm focused solely on that week, that day. That's just kind of how I go about my business. And, and there's a time and a place where you evaluate. We do that every year. Every year I evaluate everything in our program. We start over, uh, kind of tear it all down, and then we build it back every single year. You know, we I always say, hey, we're, we build a new house every year, and, and we're going to live in it. And so – um, and some years you have change that happens uh, for other reasons, and some years you, you create change, you know. So um, really just getting away after the game, at the last game, and, and uh, you know, we, uh, just in where we were. Uh, and, again, that was the hard part because we really improved in a lot. I mean, because we, we, we had a rough year in 21, uh, but for a lot of reasons. Um but we got better in a lot of areas. We had our best third down, our best red zone. We I think we were 30th in scoring. But I just felt like uh, this was the change that, you know, uh, I, I felt like was best for these players and best for Clemson. And, and again, ultimately, that's how I make decisions. You know, I'm very prayerful about every – I don't make any decisions on a whim around here ever. Every decision I make, I'm incredibly prayerful about it. And, and – um, I put a lot of thought. And so the best thing was just being able to just get away for a few days and really process and start the evaluation uh, process of our season and uh, with good perspective because uh, we had a great year. Um, but, you know, I just felt like this is was the change that was needed. And, uh, you know, 34 first downs in 101 plays, uh, we got to score. And, uh, you know, that, that ultimately uh, was one of those things that weighed heavily on me after that ball game, you know. And then in totality where we were, I just felt like, again, it was the best thing for these players, for this personnel, and it was the best thing for Clemson. And that's kind of my litmus test for all decisions that I make. You know, what's best for the player, number one, and what's best for Clemson. And, uh, and then once I kind of um, had peace in that, um, you know, it was, you know, I didn't want to just make a change to make a change. And, um, you know, it, it's got to be the right change. Uh, so um, this, was the, this was the right change. And the opportunity presented itself. Uh, I had never talked to I've been around Lincoln a million times. Uh, I usually see him we, when we go, we go on the little staff trip uh, right after signing. I've seen him for several years and been around him, obviously. But... Um, I reached out to him and uh, just kind of had a conversation. Um, but it was easy, you know, to for him to be on the list, right? I mean, he's the top assistant coach in college football. What he what he's done at, at a young age uh, at SMU, and then also, you know, this past year. I mean, uh, pretty easy to take notice of that. Uh, so, but th but that's all great. You know, the, the stats are stats, and people, there's a lot of su su successful people out there, but successful people that fit me, that fit this program, that fit this staff, that fit the culture of Clemson, and that's different, you know. And, uh, you know, it was, <laughs> it was easy, like the first conversation to all the conversations. And, I mean, he's just a great fit for us. He's a, he, he, he's he is he's going to do an amazing job 
and uh, unbelievable family. I mean, you, you, his wife Lindsay, she's amazing. Uh, his mother-in-law Linda, I didn't get a chance. I mean, she's she's amazing. I got to spend a lot of time with her, uh, but just a great family and football people. And uh, so uh, it was just a good fit in in every aspect. And then you know just. You know, talking ball and talking things and just philosophy and all these things. It just really all added up because it had to make sense for me, just like it had to make sense for him. And uh, the more and more we talked, it was like, okay, this is this is right. And so, you know, made the move. Well, her follow up on that, talking about him as a per- Garrett as a person. Um, such a big part of all of this is also the recruiting aspect, and you were able to see right away his ability to connect and communicate with some of the future of this program. What have you seen? How has he maybe even surprised you and surpassed your expectation and his ability to relate to these kids and talk football with them? Yeah, it really, really hasn't surprised me at all, you know, after – you know my my dealings with him. I mean, I I knew that he he was going to be a natural in connecting with our guys here, and also you know with the recruits. And you know, I talked to to Cade and and CV before I ever made a change. You know, uh, kind of all happened at the same time. I didn't want them to hear anything uh, from anybody. You know, but me. And um, you know, and and again, because that's a, that's a tough change for them. But they were super excited about the opportunity uh, with Garrett and so um, obviously Kate already had a little bit of a relationship there and uh, CV knew of him and so you know going on the road and uh, him being able to meet all of our you know classes signed right so but him being able to go on the road and and for everyone to be able to meet him and understand him and then to watch him uh, communicate with our coaches and and communicate with uh, the families and we've had a couple of different events weekends and stuff uh, I mean he's he's done a great job and again you don't have the type of success that he's had if, if you're not a good communicator Coach Brownlee, um, TCU, SMU, obviously a couple schools that recruit heavily in the state of Texas, and I imagine you'll hold on to some of those ties that you made. Um, but just how exciting is it for you to be at a program like Clemson that recruits all over the map? And uh, also I'd like to get your thoughts on um, talking about how important the running game is in your offense, just having a back like Will Shipley coming back. Yeah, I'm, I've been in this region before. Uh, I've spent four years in North Carolina, so – Man, I'm excited to, to kind of get back to this region of recruiting. I, I thought it's always um, enjoyable as a coach to kind of be able to do that in this region. I think there's a lot of great players, great recruiting bed in the whole, you know, Southeast Carolinas. And, you know, I think it was the second night we went up north to Pennsylvania and <laughs> Boston and some places that I probably haven't been too much, you know. So it was it's just cool to experience some of those new things. But... Certainly was excited to kind of get back to this region to to recruit um, the type of type of athletes that we're going to recruit, you know. And then with the running back, yeah, I'm excited. I mean, knew of Will when I was at App State. He was kind of coming out of high school at that time, so I certainly had heard about him um, and have, have been able to kind of follow his his career so far. But certainly excited to to work with him. I mean, what a player and what a what a guy, you know. I mean, just all the stories I've already heard from from these coaches about what type of kid he is. He just sounds like an absolute rock star. So can't wait to get around him along with, you know, Mafa. I know we got returning as well and, and other guys in that running back room. So ready to get this thing started with those guys as well. Yeah, well I know the staff mentioned uh, want to stick with the run more, maybe not doing that enough at times this year. Did, did that play any part of the decision to, to make a change? No. 
Tempo, is, is your involvement in the offense going to be about the same as usual? Any changes there? Just yeah, I won't be any different. It's been for 14 years. Uh, you know, I've been involved for 14 years, and and not just offense, defense, special teams, recruiting, uh, staffing. Uh, there's not one area that I'm not involved in. So. Um, you know, excited about a change. And again, this is my sixth offensive coordinator since I've been the head coach. And uh, look forward to, you know, again, continuing to learn and continue to get better and, and definitely add value, you know, where I can add value um, and help where I know I can help. Yeah, you mentioned scoring, but were there other specific aspects of the offense? Yeah, just pass. We got to get better passing the ball, period. Uh, you know, we got to be better. Uh, if we're better throwing the ball, we're going we're to, you know, I think I think we're, We've got really great foundation from a run run standpoint, uh, but we gotta we gotta get better throwing and catching, and uh, I think he's gonna really help us there. And and we gotta be better on pass defense too. So those are the two areas that we gotta really improve this year. And if we do, we're gonna we'll like the results. Speaking of throwing and catching, when you um, put on a film of a high school wide receiver, what are something that that you're looking for that sticks out to you when you're watching that film? Uh, I think guys that make competitive plays, you know, I mean, guys that truly have ball skills and things that are natural to them of, of you know, not just always making the play when they're wide open or something like that at the high school level, but when they're covered, when things are contested, you know, making tough catches and competitive plays, that's always something that kind of jumps off the tape for me early on in recruiting and evaluating receivers. You mentioned what you're looking for at wide receivers. So do you think Antonio Williams kind of fits that bill? Yeah, he, he can play whatever he wants. <laughs> yeah, no, he's had a great year. You know, he's he's dynamic. He catches things naturally. He makes things happen when the ball's in his hands. So, yeah, really, really excited about him. Some big 12 defensive guys. When I asked, what is his, you know, what do you see out of him? And they said, well, he likes to get his best player or maybe your weakest player. He's great at halftime adjustments. Likes to get the playmakers in open space. But how would you describe your offensive philosophy if you could just say, this is this is my mantra, this is what I do? Well, we're going to be we're going to be violent and fast. I think it kind of starts there. No matter whether we're in the run game or, or it's passing game, I mean, we're we're going to attack. We're going to be violent. We're going to be fast and. I think ultimately it's just about distribution, you know, whether that's running the football, whether that's throwing it to your tight end or this receiver, that receiver, throwing to the tailback, whatever it may be. I think if you want to become a well-rounded offense that makes it tough on defenses, I think that's probably thing number one for me. Yeah, but we've had this December, February signing stuff for a few years now. How have you guys adjusted to it? And it seems like it's working for you. It, it's it's. I wish they'd move it up earlier. Uh, that's the only thing I would change if I could change it. I wish they'd make it August one, uh, or either after August one of your senior year, you can sign any time you want. You know, if they fire the head coach or the head coach leaves, and then you can you're not bound to it. I mean, I personally, I wish they would do that because I think it it would. It would protect the high school recruiting. High school recruiting is is in a bad spot right now. Um, you, know, you got a lot of kids that were getting offers that aren't getting offers, and you got a lot of kids that are committed that all of a sudden don't have a spot anymore once the portal opens. And uh, so, I wish they would. I, I, I've always wanted an early signing period, so it's been great. I mean, our guys were committed since the summer, outside of a couple guys. So it's just a. It was. It wasn't. It was easy. Um, but. Um, 
they would have all signed earlier if you, if you let them. So I wish they'd move it earlier because it would protect a lot of young people. It would protect high school recruiting. It would cut out a lot of these fake offers uh, and, uh, you know, and probably help some coaches too because they might give them another year if they got a good class signed up and knowing that if they make a change, then those guys are basically free agents again. So uh, it's worked well for us. We haven't had any issues. I, I know there's a lot of stories out there, but it's, it's, been, uh, it's been great for us. you feel like there's any momentum to move it up earlier? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I have no idea. Um, you know, uh, there's 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 probably some people want to move it back, you know, because they want to see what happens in the portal before they make true commitments to the high school kids. So um, it's probably it's probably argument on both sides, depending on who you ask. But um, you know, I, I would like to see it move up, just because again, I think it would it would protect the high school aspect of it and secure kids' spot. And, uh, you know, that way, you know, they, they're not scrambling in the 11th hour because, you know, now they don't have their spot anymore. Uh, so, uh, and, and again, a lot of these guys want to just get it, they want to get it over with. They want to have it, I mean, all the guys we've signed would have signed in the summer if we'd have let them. And, you know, there's, we're the only sport that didn't have an early signing period. And uh, when they said it in December, again, a lot of us wanted it earlier. They said, you know, to me, they should either leave it where it is or move it to at least November uh, to give guys opportunity to sign. So, but as far as you know, how it's worked for us, it's been it's been really good. That was a timeline question. You said you talked to Garrett that Tuesday night. Do you remember when did you sit down exactly with Brandon to kind of let him know what you were thinking and how that conversation went? Yeah, I met with Brandon on Thursday. Uh, you know, once I really made the decision that this is what. I was going to do. Garrett, if, if, if your brother was Dabo's main sort of point of contact and, and, and you're trying to learn more about Dabo in this place, um, I'm, I'm guessing that Lincoln was somebody you consulted. What, what, what did he share? What did he share about sort of to give you insight into what you might have been considering? Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I certainly talked to Lincoln and, and you know, not as not really as much about Coach Sweeney. I think just probably just the move, you know, and just, you know, what do you think? And just trying to get some guidance on on some of the things that that involves. So, you know, he doesn't have a whole lot of – I mean, I know they've seen each other and know each other through social things or seeing, seeing each other on the coaching circuit, whatever it's been. But, you know, it was more of, of trying to, you know, just kind of learn from some people that have, have worked with Coach Sweeney to try and – maybe get some of that information. But, yeah, I mean, I certainly talked to him. Garrett, I'm guessing at some point you may want to be a head coach down the line. Just getting to learn from Dabo and kind of how he runs the program and still factor into the decision. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly something I thought about. Yeah, for sure. I mean, just the way this, this thing's been built and what he's done and to be as consistent as they've been and to kind of do it his way, you know. I mean, that's what I respected from afar, just kind of watching him throughout the years and watching Clemson and man I just really respect that they've done it you know probably differently than a lot of people you know and and just totally have a have conviction about his beliefs and and how things are operated here and the way he allows his players to be and the way he you know builds chemistry and continuity from a coaching staff you know are all things that were uh, you know thought about for sure 
Coach Washington, your uh, your slideshow presentation this morning um, and talking about you know never wanting expectations to exceed your appreciation. I feel like a large part of the fan base needed kind of a realignment of, of that perspective. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I don't I don't pay attention to all that stuff, but you know it's there, right? And and you, and then especially when you got you know all kind of stuff coming at you from different sides, and I mean. We've won three national championships in 127 years. And uh, so, you know, some problems is we've won two and seven, so sometimes that can create a loss of perspective. And I think when you lose perspective, you lose your joy. And, uh, you know, I think that's what's made Clemson unique and special is this place has always had a lot of fun. And you guys that have been around here back in February of 11 when we signed that class and we had that signing day, you know, if I would have said to all of y'all coming off of six wins right there, hey, here's what's fixing to happen the next 12 years, Pete. I know we hadn't won 11 games in 31 years, but we're going to go do it eight times in 11 years. I know we hadn't won 10 games in 20 years, but we're fixing to do it 12 years in a row. I know we hadn't won a national championship since 1981, but we're going to go to six Final Fours. We're going to win two national championships and come with an onside kick and winning another one. And we're going to be we're going to win 12 straight postseason games, 12 years in a row. Nobody's ever done that in college football. Oh, and by the way, we're going to graduate 98% of our guys, and we're going to have 13 top 15 recruiting classes in a row. Y'all would have all looked at me like I was crazy. You know, and the Clemson man would say, hey, well, sign me up for that, all right? And it's not that we've been perfect every year, and we're never going to be perfect every year. But, man, we've had a lot of joy in the journey. And I think when you lose perspective of that and how hard it is, it's like, again, we won when we won the ACC championship up there at the, in Charlotte in 11, there were 5,000 people at the West End Zone. It was unbelievable. Couldn't even get off the bus. 5,000 people. Now, there ain't nobody there. Now, they won't, now, it ain't no big deal. And I don't think that's – I think that's sad. I get it. I spent 13 years at Alabama. I, I know. And I've, I've always, you know, wanted to make sure that I kept the right perspective, that I stay focused on my purpose, that this stays a purpose-driven program, that we don't lose focus on our why, that we don't ever lose joy in our journey. And because uh, that's part of my responsibility as I lead a group of people. A lot of people in these walls here, and uh, so um, you know it's been an incredible journey. And you know God doesn't give us that, right? Like He doesn't just say, you know, hey, here you go, here's the next 12 years. You know, you just put your head down, and God just gives us just enough light to take that next step, right? And we just kind of keep going, you know, a lamp unto your path, right? Just enough light so you don't stomp your toe going to the bathroom, right? So. You know, I, I mean, our program's never been better, ever. Uh, you know, we, we're, we're off to a better start this decade than we were last decade. But, again, sometimes you, people can lose perspective. And uh, we've raised the bar here. We've changed the standard. We've changed the expectations, and I love that. Uh, and, but as we strive to meet and exceed those expectations every single year, we got to keep the right perspective, and we got to have joy in the journey. You know, just because I mean, listen, things can happen, right? I mean, uh, you, 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 something can happen. You can be a great team, but maybe you don't win the national championship. That doesn't mean your team wasn't committed. That doesn't mean you have a lot of character. That doesn't mean you didn't. You know, I mean, it's, people work their butts off around here, and we all want to win every single game. 
But there is no, you know, triumph without some great failure or challenge or setback or whatever along the way, right? Uh, it's always a part of your journey, and it's all good. And, uh, man, you, you, you start over every year and you go to work. But, man, what's, what's happened in this program the last 12 years is it's, it's historic. And it's, and it's been done by a lot of people. I'm, I'm, I just, all I've done is my part. That's all I've done. But, man, these players, the staff, all the support staff that have come through this program for years and what's going on here, it's, I mean, 12 years of 10-plus wins. Alabama's had 15. The next longest streak is two. You know, and, and, and for, for us to, you know, act like we're a bunch of failures around here because we, we only won 11 and won the league and we lost our rival in state for the first time in a decade, uh, I just think that's a bad mentality, you know. And, if you're again, three national championships in 127 years and we, we, final four, it's hard to get there. We'll, we'll forever be the only team that's went to six Final Fours in a row. That ain't ever going to happen, right? Because <laughs> it's going to change next year. Um, and uh, so it's hard. It's really hard to win. Everybody's got good coaches. Everybody good, got good players. But the consistency that we've been able to have here on and off the field is it's incredibly rare. It's incredibly unique. And we focus so much on what we don't do and uh, instead of what we do do. And you you learn, you get better, and you grow, you know, from each and every season. You make changes when you need to make changes. You um, you keep learning, you know, and uh, so that has served us well. And, and uh, you know, hopefully, you know, moving forward, we can, you know, kind of, again, have a reset uh, and and not have a bunch of miserable people out there if we don't go 15-0. Because it's going to be a very miserable life if, if that's what you're waiting on every single year to determine your happiness. Uh, got a bunch of great people. That, are, that, that work their tails off and are incredibly committed to excellence every single year. And somewhere along the way, maybe we'll have some that perfection. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a daily, you know, deal that you, that you have to stay committed to. Garrett Chappelle-Fowler of the state. Um, can you just give us a sense of who you are as a non-football coach, like any hobbies, or what do you like to do when you're not being an offensive coordinator? <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I enjoy lots of other things. No, um, I grew up in a small town, Muleshoe, Texas, and you hunted, you played sports, or you worked. That was kind of what you did growing up. So that was my childhood. I love lakes. I love, you know, I was able to do that in summers. So I love the outdoors. My family loved the outdoors. Um, you know, so yeah, we, we enjoy other things outside of football. This is a job while with the post-occurrence in Charleston. Um, simplicity of your offense, it seems to be pretty important. I talked to J.C. Harper. I think he said there was letting their God-given ability take over at that point, you know, and I, I think that's been a, a pretty consistent, good recipe, not just for me, but for lots of other people, and, you know, that that's certainly something that, uh, you know, is kind of a premium for myself and the way that I think, so yeah, I think that is uh, certainly a, a critical piece. Kyle Richardson, will he stick 
Gainesville will be the passing game coordinator and kind of play his role in that. I know he said that he's very familiar with this offense. Yeah, yeah, that, that won't change, you know. Uh, and again, you know, he'll, that'll be all delegated, uh, you know, by uh, by Garrett as he as he delegates things and crafts things. Uh, but yeah, Kyle's got it, it's you know that is his background, and uh, so that'll be a good bridge uh, in the room for sure. It'll be good. When you first called Lincoln, did you say something like? Think Garrett would be interested, or like how, how, how did that go? You want me? You want me to just give you the details of? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Do you think you had like a real, a real shot at him before talking to Lincoln? I guess. Oh man, I, I honestly, I just, um, um, you know, I don't trust a lot of people, um, especially in this day and age where you know it's just you, you can't, you, you you can't, you know, people. A lot of people talk, and so. Um, Lincoln was a guy I knew I could trust, and and as I was just and I really wasn't even convinced that I was going to make a change just yet. Uh, just was really just kind of doing my process, doing my due diligence, and just praying on it, thinking through it. And um, I had you know three or four names that I wanted to kind of vet out a little bit, and um, want, you know knew that he he would shoot me straight. Uh, if you will, and also, uh, you know, speak in confidence. So that's kind of where it went. And I, I mean, obviously, his brother was was uh, uh, a guy that you know was kind of top of that list. So um, and uh, kind of started there and talked about the other guys. And then it was just you know whether or not there would be some interest. And um, once I found out there might be some interest, then I, I kind of. Put a hold on everything and and just said, well, I'm gonna wait till after this game and then I'll I'll reach out and go from there. And uh, that's what we did. So did you talk to anybody else? Any other candidates? Uh, no, no, I didn't talk to anyone in person. Nope. Any questions for either coach from Zoom? Anybody else in the room? Are you guys at 85 have scholarships at this point? Oh, we're at 88. It's a good one of my favorite numbers, but uh, that's a problem. Uh, you know, you know, it, it's it's. Uh, I mean, roster management is hard uh, in this day of. I mean, we got what a couple more years of COVID, uh, I guess. And I'm and again, I'm I'm, I'm thankful for that uh, because we got some great players that are that are coming back. I mean, I mean, I, you know, I mean, I, I I thought all these guys were gone. If you'd have told me back in the summer that Xavier Thomas and Maskell and Rook and Tyler Davis and JP, that those guys were all back here, I'd have, I'd have said, what planet are you living on? Um, so, you know, you kind of plan for these things. But um, we've got three walk-ons on scholarship that, that we could take back if we had to. I mean, they came here as walk-ons, certainly wouldn't want to do that. Hunter's on scholarship, Dominique's on scholarship, and, and my snapper, Casperson's on scholarship. And those guys have earned it, and they deserve it. But, you know, they did come here as a walk-on, and, I mean, if we got to that, but who knows? Uh, you know, in May, I may be at 65 scholarships. They may hate Garrett. I don't know. They may say, heck with me, I'm out of here. I'm going to go run the wing tee somewhere. I don't know. Uh, so... <laughs> That's where we are today. It doesn't take much to really put the math together. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we will be at 85 by August is where you got to be. And, uh, you know, if everybody's – we didn't lose anybody after spring ball last year. And hopefully we don't lose anybody this year. I think we've got a great roster. I think we've put uh, – if you all heard me say that earlier today, I, I think we've put really three special classes together in a row. 
of special, like special. Uh, you know, Shipley, Maffa, Brenny, uh, Barrett, Trotter, Nate, that whole, you know, Marcus Tate, that group that will be true juniors uh, to go on top of that group last year that were true freshmen that will be sophomores and Cade and, and um, you know, uh, Blake and Colin Sadler and, um, uh, you know, some of the other guys that have come in here, Antonio, Cole, uh, Adam Randall. I mean, we just got a – we got a, a – it's a great class. I mean, we, we really signed a great class, um, you know, to put with this group. I think it's I think it's a really special roster that I think is built to do some things um, – for many years to come. So I'm excited to, to get to work with them and we'll see what happens. But again, we didn't lose anybody last year after spring and hopefully we don't lose anybody this year. But um, if you do, you, you deal with it. Um, but it's where we are today. Yeah, we got we got we'll talk about that a little bit more uh, later. But we we'll have we got several guys honestly that that have some postseason surgeries. Some you know more than others uh, that'll that'll be either out or limited um, as we get into spring. But those two, uh, I confirm you know that but they'll be fine. But that's actually I think we've talked about this. I really think that's going to be a blessing for us uh, because we we we've got a lot of film with Marcus and a lot of film with Walker Parks. We really know who they are, and these are really true. You know, these are two guys that that I mean they they know what it's about and they know how to come to work, and we know what we've got there. So it's going to allow us to really you know have a deeper dive from an evaluation standpoint in some of these other linemen. Um, so I'm excited about that. Yeah, we had a few changes. You know, we hired a new nutritionist, uh, Megan Turcotte. Uh, stole her from uh, Miami. Uh, uh, she she's outstanding. She was actually a student here back, finishing up our first championship in, in '16. Worked for Georgia for a few years, uh, and then was the head person at Miami this past year. She's uh, she's great. Uh, we got you know JT Bandy's a, a new operations a young operations assistant who's coming on board. We hired uh, Will Gilchrist, uh, who is going to be a special teams uh, you know, guy for us to work with Bill. Um, and um, Daquan Bowers is back. Uh, really excited about that. You know, Cavell went to beat Cavell Connor, got the D coordinator job at West Florida. Caleb Nobles got the head coaching job. Uh, so it created a spot there. And, and so it was awesome to be able to bring Daquan back. Um, you know, he's been, you know, running his own room in, at South Florida the past three years. Uh, so getting him back is really good. And and then uh, we got a, we got another young man that we'll be bringing in here um, that's actually spent some time with, with Garrett that'll that'll fill Caleb Noble's role as a as a player development guy for us on offense. So um, I think that's it. Um, Noah Harvin in the equipment room. He's our assistant equipment manager. Um, so there's a few few changes uh, along the way. Garrett, I think you've position coached every <coughs> unit, if I'm not wrong. How has that kind of informed your overall philosophy as a coordinator, coaching tight ends and running backs and receivers along with quarterback? Yeah, I haven't touched a line. And I, don't, I hope to not do that. Um, but no, yeah, it's it's certainly, I feel like, groomed me to, to understand it uh, as much as you can and continue to grow and have to motivate different types of players on the team and be with different position groups and 
Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't trade that for the world. You know, I really wouldn't. And that, that certainly, I think, probably accelerated, you know, my knowledge of the game, uh, you know, in a, in a young career still. Well, I know you mentioned passing offense and passing defense being the two big areas. Just, but defense, do you feel like anything philosophical needs to change or is it more just guys playing better? And yeah, we just got to get better. I love what we're doing. I think I think we're in a really good spot there, uh, you know, personnel-wise, um, and then also just where I think we're heading, coaching-wise. I think we're in a good spot, um, and you know, maybe didn't quite get some of the results, and, and we got to, you know, we got to be a little better on the offensive side too. Sometimes those affect some things, but uh, the main thing is is being more disciplined in our pass defense, and we're going to have a lot of ex more experience back. We're bringing in some some really you know uh, you know more guys with depth and that can be able to help us there. But uh, discipline, details, um, you know, really learning from our mistakes. Uh, but that is that's the number one area we got to get better. And you know, when you when you are who we are up front, you're gonna you're gonna see more in the passing game than you do the run game. Uh, so it's kind of a natural that that's you know sometimes that can get skewed a little bit, but. That's that's where we got to get better, and then same thing in the pass offense. We got to get back to being, you know, who we've been around here for, you know, ten of the twelve years uh, uh, in the past. Take one final question if anybody has one. Coach Riley, uh, Johnny Faldudo with the Roar. Um, a few weeks ago with the men's basketball game, you got your first chance to uh, be in front of the Clemson fans and uh, see the passion that they have for their teams here. Um, how what was that experience like for you and for your family and? Um, what was it like to hear that reaction as you walked out on the court? I was blown away. <laughs> I had no idea. I thought I was going to go down there and just kind of wave to the crowd, and they're going to get me out of there. And so I, I didn't expect that at all. That was, yeah, I was totally blown away, you know. And I know my family were, and there was, and two little boys were fired up about it. So that was that was pretty special. Yeah, no question. You can you can see pretty quickly, you know, the passion that people have um, about Clemson athletics and Clemson in general. That was pretty cool.